You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everybody, if you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Sufi, and she's a former lawyer who's been described by the Toronto Star as a starburst of energy, bright, bubbly, and upbeat, and by Publishers Weekly as a coaching dynamo. Her book, Step Into the Spotlight, has been endorsed by Tom Peters, Jay Conrad Levinson, Jack Trout, Les Brown, and many, many other very popular and best-selling authors and experts. Sufi coaches professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners, authors, speakers, consultants, and CEOs how to catapult their personal brand and themselves into a starring role. She coaches her clients to get seen, heard, and noticed. And I want to welcome her to the show, Sufi. Glad to be here. Yes, absolutely. So I remember the first time when I joined your group on LinkedIn, or when we were engaging on LinkedIn, I think that's how we met initially. And the name just really stood out, right? It's spelled T-S-U-F-I-T, but it's pronounced Sufit. Can you tell me about that, Sufit? Can you tell me about this name you have? I mean, I know there's an interesting story there. Well, first of all, it is my real name. When When I'm interviewed in the press, the first thing they ask me is like, you know, did you make it up? And I'd say, who would make up a jumble of consonants that no one can pronounce? So I, anyway, I was about to do a radio interview and just before we went on the you know, terrestrial radio, just before we went on the interview, she asked me how you pronounce the name. And I said, feet, 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 because people want to say it differently. I said, feet, feet, like feet at the end, right? So she says, hello, everybody, and welcome. And today we have award-winning author to foot. <laughs> she remembered the feet part. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, well, listen, welcome to the show. Again, we met on LinkedIn as so many of my guests, you know, have come to play on the show here. And, you know, we've had some other interactions. It's been great to get to know you and everybody in the, in the group, which is also called Step Into the Spotlight on LinkedIn. That's right. So, and happy to have you as a member. Yes. And, and, I, and I will be very public about it. There are very few groups that I participate with or in on LinkedIn, but this is definitely the one that I do. And that that's completely from the heart. Sufi and the rest of the crew there do an amazing, amazing job. So thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about your book today because there's something really interesting about this whole concept of being seen, heard, and noticed for my audience, particularly entrepreneurs and sales and marketing professionals. So can you do me a quick favor before we dive into that? Can you just give us a little bit of a backstory? Give us a couple minutes of your backstory of kind of how you came to write this book and where it's taken you up to this point. Sure. Well, I was a litigation lawyer, civil litigation lawyer for um, ten about ten years, and I started having kids at that time. Had one kid, another, you know, four in four years, and all of a sudden woke up one day and said, you know, is this really what I want to be doing? And so. 
I started performing. I started, you know, acting in shows. I, I put out a music CD. I did comedy on national TV. And I started promoting myself to get attention so that I wouldn't just have a thousand CDs sitting in my basement. And I learned about, you know, I started with, by learning about publicity, how to get the media to notice you. And uh, once I did that, people started coming to me and saying, Sufit, how'd you do that? And wanting me to coach them on how to get known. So I started doing that and I started going to local networking meetings where, you know, BNI, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Board of Trade, where they give you like 30 seconds to introduce yourself. And, you know, people who'd been going for five years weren't getting clients and I was getting lineups after 30 seconds. So people started asking me to coach them on how you stand out in 30 seconds. And so that kind of morphed into a coaching business, which I've been doing for about uh, over 16 years now, coaching entrepreneurs, experts, authors, speakers, business owners to get seen, get heard, get noticed, and maybe even if they want to get known. And as I started raising my prices, people started saying, you know, Sophie, can't you just write like a $20 book? <laughs> so I did called Step Into the Spotlight, A Guide to Getting Noticed. And uh, that's where we are today. No, that's amazing. So I can tell you that, you know, it's not, you know, there's a lot of noise these days, online, offline, everywhere we go. So it's harder and harder, in my opinion, in some respects to get noticed. But on the other side of the coin, with technology and all the additional channels that were afforded, like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and podcasts and all these different mediums we have, in a lot of respects, it's easier. So I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. So I'm really excited to listen in to some of the things I took from the book and we're going to expand on a little bit where we talk. And, a, and can I just make a comment on what you just said, Dennis? Absolutely. Um, because you are so right about that because I don't know, even five years ago when I appeared on national TV, let's say in Canada, that's where I am up in igloo country. I had to get up at like five 30 in the morning and be in the makeup chair, you know, by six 30 and, you know, all for my 15 minute national broadcast. Well, I'm pleased to say that today, Dennis, I'm sitting here in flip-flops speaking to one of the top podcasters in the industry, to one of the best audiences in the industry. And, you know, I'm comfortable in my flip-flops and looking at the trees and the pretty birds in my backyard. So that in itself is a huge change, which, you know, yes, it's harder to get noticed. If you know what you're doing, it's not really that hard. But as you said, the opportunities are just endless now. Yeah, perfect. So what I want to do First, before we kind of dive into the book, is I want to get a little bit micro into your coaching your coaching business, okay? And because, you know, I'm a guy who kind of has a tendency to eat his own dog food, right? I am a LinkedIn consultant, trainer, speaker, right? That's what I do. That's one of my primary focuses. But I view I use LinkedIn as my primary driving factor for getting new clients. So what I want to do is I want to kind of dive in with you and find out how do you, as someone who knows how to get noticed and get heard. How do you get clients for your coaching business today? What's the number one tactic or strategy that you use to get clients for your business? Okay. Well, that has changed drastically and dramatically from when I started my business. When I started my business, <laughs> the way, and I'll just preface it to say it. When I started my business, I had to put on the outfit and go to the local networking meeting, chamber of commerce, like I told you, do a fabulous 30 seconds, have that lineup and so that led to clients. And then that also led to speaking engagements. So I would go speak and that led to clients. That's what I used to do. Then it led to the book, as I explained to you. Now things have changed drastically because now the book is all over the world. So somebody will read the book 
and contact me. I started the LinkedIn group that you referred to, Step Into the Spotlight, I don't know, five and a half years ago, something like that. And, you know, we're over 7,500 people and not just people. I mean, there's groups out there with 100,000 people, but these people, many of them lead groups of 100,000. Many of them are experts. They're group leaders. Some have 100,000. Some have, I think there's one with 250,000 in this group. So it's a group of leaders and experts. So a lot of more speaking comes from that. A lot more podcasts come from that. A lot of more publicity, which again leads to clients. And so today it's drastically different. I don't go out that much anymore unless I'm the speaker. I don't necessarily feel like it. I'll stay home. I'll do podcasts. I'll do radio. I'll be active in my own LinkedIn group and others. I'm a member of a hundred LinkedIn groups. I'm not active in all of them. And so the clients come A, from the book, B, from the LinkedIn group. And lastly, from my list. So Matt Basak, I heard him at a conference. Mark Victor Hansen gave a conference over 10 years ago, maybe 12 now. And he had this little side seminar where he said, you got to build a list, right? And I slowly, slowly got to 100 people after I went to that seminar. And of course, multiplied that into thousands and thousands now. And I've got two years worth of autoresponder messages in that list. So if you go to spotlightsecrets.com and you want to see what that's like, you put your name in the email, you'll be with me for the next two years. So when you, you know, unless you drop out, which would make me very sad and you bereft, I'm sure. So if you do that, you develop relationships with people. So it will just come at one point during that series that somebody will email me back and say, you know what you said there? That's exactly what I need. Let's work on it. And I'll get a new client. Perfect. So here, now I'm going to kind of put your feet to the fire a little bit. And this is the hard part, right? I'm wearing flip-flops, Dennis. Give me a break. Well, then it's going to be really hot. So, (laughs) So here's the thing. I totally agree. The book and, you know, your group and your email and your networking and referrals and all those things, I guarantee you, I know you well enough to know you get clients from all of those on a regular basis. But if you could only pick one and you only had enough time, energy, and resources to pick one, what would be the one that you would pick to move forward with? Oh my goodness. This is such a hard question. Told you. Yeah. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Because you know, if you're willing to schlep your body to a networking meeting, often enough, and you know what to say and how to say it, you're going to get clients. But that's a big if when you live in igloo country like I do, and six months out of the year is cold. So I'm going to have to reluctantly let that one go, even though if I were just starting out, I'd probably go back to that one, which leaves me kind of with speaking also means I have to leave home, not necessarily. But speaking online and getting you know publicity through podcasts is a wonderful way. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to give you a good answer. Because the book, I can send the book to, you know, libraries and potential clients. I don't, I make them buy it. But that's also a really great way. I guess, you know, the LinkedIn group recently has gotten a lot of my attention. The only reason I was reluctant to say the LinkedIn group, and I know you're a LinkedIn trainer, is because I don't like to build my castle on somebody else's sand, you know, and I will say sand. Yeah. Because you know what, even though LinkedIn has been a great source of clients for me over the last few years, especially since I started this group, because I'm kind of I won't say I'm the authority in the group because I, you know, there are two kinds of LinkedIn groups. One is where you fill it with fish, you know, those salmon farms where you go and you, there's a lake and it's filled with fish and you pay your money and you get your fish. A lot of LinkedIn groups are like that where there's one guru, one leader, and they, they fish from their own farm and it's just prospects. And, you know, that makes sense for them. Me, I wanted to fill it with my competitors so that it would be a destination for people who want to hang around with experts and also to help each other. So I must reluctantly maybe say the group. The LinkedIn group because 
it's full of amazing people who come there, you know, when they need help. The only reason I say it with reluctance is they can change the rules tomorrow. And that's why I count in, in some ways on my own list more, because, you know, unless you get banned or blacklisted online, a list is yours and a LinkedIn community is not really yours. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree. And there's definitely a way to convert some of the people in that LinkedIn group into your list and, and there's do. different ways and you can do, do that. And so, I yeah, do. and I, and I see you doing that and, and, I, get all, your, and get I get your, and I get your emails and I get yeah. your emails and, yeah. and absolutely, I totally get that. So, all right, well, no, I appreciate you breaking that down. I know it's difficult. If you put me on the spot, it would be difficult for me too, even though I'm so in tune with LinkedIn, I get business and I have a lot of fun and get a lot of leads and other things from other channels. It would still be difficult. So All right. Now we're going to dive into the book a little bit because the three things that you help your clients with is getting seen, getting heard, and getting noticed. All right. Right. So what I want you to do, if you could do this for me and my audience, we'd be eternally grateful. Could you give us a little bit of a framework? Could you give us a little bit of, you know, some strategy or steps that my audience could take to start moving forward and stepping into the spotlight? Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of outlined it in the book, and I'll tell you kind of two different frameworks. I'll try to do it really quickly, okay? I'll do it a little broader first, and then we'll go to the more specific. So really broadly, if you wanted a blueprint about how to get into the spotlight, if you draw three oblong circles, one on top of the other, the first would be basically to develop a stardom state of mind, right? Just, you know, confidence sells. Are you a salesman or a star? Kind of create your own ideal situation, your own show. That's kind of the mental part of it, right? Because you can't really get on stage without the confidence. And entrepreneurs, all we're really selling is confidence when you come right down to it. I think Dan Sullivan said that and he's right. But let's just pretend I said it. It makes me sound smarter. (laughs) So then, then the middle of that would be to choose your role in the marketplace, which we could call branding, right? What are you selling? Audition your audience. Choose your character. What's your story? What's your process? Name everything. Provocative pricing. All those kinds of things help define you and brand you in the marketplace. And then the third thing is more, so that's actually strategy, the middle one. And then the third one, the bottom rung is tactics. And everybody wants to run straight for the tactics, right? So what are tactics? Creating a signature speech, creating a 30-second networking infomercial, publishing a manifesto or a book, creating products, hanging out with celebrities, building your own publicity department, starting a movement, building your own fan club. All those things are tactics. And when people come to me, Usually they come to me for tactics. They say, Sufit, I want you to help me, you know, build my speech with my 30 second networking infomercial, publish a book. I, you know, I have a book creation workshop, things like that. And I tell them, well, wait a second. How can you sell it when you don't know what it is? Right. First, we have to figure out what's your role and what are you really selling? So that's kind of a general, you know, spotlight blueprint. Now jumping to the book. There are seven chapters in the book. Chapter one is getting them to stop in your channel, just kind of general about getting noticed. Chapter two is the department of chutzpah, which is really what I talked about a minute ago, that attitude is everything, developing a stardom state of mind. I'll skip for a second. Chapter six is everyone's a critic. And we know this, just ignore that and move on. And chapter seven is just go ahead and do it, you know, step into the spotlight as, uh, or as Nike said, just do it. The meat of the book and the meat of how you do this in your business is really chapters three, four, and five. So chapter three is called, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. And that's all about, are you being seen? That's about branding. That's what I was talking about a minute ago about choosing your role in the marketplace. Do you have a name for what you do? And I'll I'll tell you the other two and then I'll come back to them. So the next chapter, chapter four is called, is this thing on? You know, you're at a 
comedy club and the comedian tells a, what he thinks is a hilarious joke. And then he bangs on the microphone and says, is this thing on? Because nobody's laughing, right? Are you being heard? And you referenced earlier, Dennis, that we live in a very noisy time and there's a million and zil- I mean, there are ads in the back of the washroom door, you know, the restroom door. So, I mean, you know, there, there are ads on the floor of the grocery store. There are ads on toilet paper. I mean, you know, so it's noisy out there. Are you being heard? And then chapter five is called Extra, Extra, Read All About It or How to Get Your Face in the Newspaper Without Robbing a Bank. And that's about the power of publicity. And I talk about 25 publicity hooks. So going back to chapter three, this thing of branding, I want to give you an example of somebody from the music industry. Actually, maybe let me ask you first before I give you the example. If you can think of somebody in the entertainment industry, past and present, you know, they may be alive, may not, who really had amazing branding, really defined, standout branding, who would be the first person who would pop into your head? Oddly enough, my mother's favorite, Elvis Presley. Wow. Also used to be my favorite. I was supposed to see him two weeks before he passed away at Shea Stadium in Buffalo. No way. Some of our hosts may be from, yeah, I had uh, planned to go see him, but then I was coming to university like a few weeks later in the big city and I thought, you know, he'll come to Toronto and I thought, you know, he'll come to Toronto. And so I skipped it. And if he hadn't passed away, I would have always said, you know, oh, I missed it. But anyway, he passed away before the show. So yes, Elvis Presley had great branding, but you know what? There's actually some, and there's somebody who actually, I think had even better branding than Elvis. I'm not sure he was a better singer, although he's pretty good too. Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. And the reason I say that Johnny Cash maybe had better branding, and I still use him as an example today, is the guy wore all black. Everybody in his band wore all black. Now, he made some silly excuse about how, you know, that's the only thing they had that matched. I'm sure that was not it. He had a very deep voice. He had this, I'm no choir boy kind of look about him. He didn't mess with Johnny Cash, right? He was a serious guy. And if that wasn't enough to drill this branding, this message home, you know, he was ready for his close up. He performed albums recorded live, much to the chagrin of his record company, who thought he was crazy, live at San Quentin. What was the other one? Folsom Prison Blues. I don't know if I have the names of the albums right, but he's he's performing in front of, you know, high security, maximum security prisoners. It all went together with his tough guy image with trains and you know, so that to me is a consistent, cohesive brand. You see singers nowadays, they try to get by on a good voice. A good voice, my friends, is a dime a dozen. Lots of people have good voices. What you really need, and, and you know what? If you have a good brand, you don't always need a good voice. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he has the best brand out there, but Rod Stewart, okay, he's what, 97, he's still churning out hit albums. <laughs> um, and he can't even sing. You know, he can't even sing. That's funny. Right? That's so now, I'm funny. not saying he has the best brand, but, you know, he has a certain look. So that's chapter three. That's really, and chapter three, it's really for you guys. Chapter one, look at yourselves and think, you know, if I'm selling fans, oversized fans to the marketplace, right? Instead of calling yourself excellent HVAC services, do what one company did. There's one company, I don't know what their original name was, but they changed their name to Big Ass. ASS fans, big ass fans, because they sold these humongous fans from the roof of, you know, that you put on the roof of arenas. And they got so much publicity out of that because people were outraged. You know, people said, I would never buy from a company with such an obscene name. I think they used a donkey as their uh, logo. But that's what people, you know, kind of were calling them. You know, it's not a little fan. It's a big ass fan. 
and they got famous and they got publicity over, you know, with the BBC in England. I mean, international publicity just because of a name. So what are you guys, you entrepreneurs and business owners who are listening to Dennis's amazing growth podcast today, what are you doing to distinguish yourself in the marketplace so that you're not just good at what you do? Because friends, being good at what you do gets you to zero. I mean, you don't want to be bad at what you do. That gets you below zero, right? Absolutely. But being good at what you do is ground level. What are you doing to stand out and get noticed? Absolutely. So that's three. Four is this thing on? Are people hearing you? So I go to the, I used to go to these networking meetings and people would get their 30 seconds and they'd stand up and say, hi everyone, I'm Susan Smith and I'm a realtor and now's a really good time to buy or sell a house because mortgage rates are low. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, go to my web. Nobody hears her. Nobody even hears her. They're thinking about what they're going to say. And then the financial advisor stands up and says, you know, are you worried about your, you know, they all say the same thing. So there's 17 financial advisors saying the same thing and 13 realtors saying the same thing. What are you doing? We talked about branding a minute ago. What are you doing? What are you saying to stand out and be seen and heard? And you can use humor. That's one of the ways that I, you know, stood out at these meetings by making them laugh. You can shock them. I mean, not by being vulgar, but I mean, I did one thing to stand out. Everybody's sitting at the beginning, and then when they, when it's their time for their 30 seconds, they'd stand up, right? So I began my 30, so 100 people in the room. I began my 30 seconds by not standing up. I just stayed seated and started talking. And so everybody's looking around, and they know something's wrong. So what did I do? I created a dissonance. I created a tension in the room because I broke the rules. You're supposed to stand. I didn't stand. So everybody's looking around. What's going on? Where is she? I don't see it. And then halfway through the 30 seconds, when I was maybe introducing myself or introducing, uh, more importantly, what I do, I would stand up. And what did I do? I made the standing up into a dramatic event just by delaying it by 14 seconds. I mean, it's a simple little device, right? I actually made a CD of 97 of these kinds of devices that you can use, but that's just one of them, you know? Perfect. Um, si yeah, silence also helps you get notice. You know, if you're, if you're silent for a second out of your 30, people will pay attention. Right. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. I agree. Perfect. And that's chapter four. That's chapter four. And then chapter five, extra, extra, you know, or how to get your face in the newspaper without robbing a bank is all about how you get the newspapers and, you know, podcasters and, you know, whoever it is, blogs and TV. How do you get them interested in you? And I, and I say, you know, publicity is kind of like you said, a double edged sword. The pro is that you might get really well known. The con is that you might get really well known, right? You really have to make sure that before you get really well known that you've got your act together because there's nothing worse than, you know, if you don't know the song you're singing, why sing it louder, right? Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so you've, this is all about knowing your audience. I mean, you know, you don't want to, if you're selling bikinis, like there's somebody on LinkedIn, Candace Gallic, who's very active on LinkedIn and created kind of a stir there. You know, she's not going to try to sell her bikini collection by writing an article for a local Greek Orthodox newspaper, right? Or an actuarial science journal. You got to know who you're talking to, what they read, and then you've got to kind of have a hook, right? You've got to have an angle. It could be about something, you know, a controversy. Like, for example, let's say you coach parents. You could write something, you know, oldest child, leader or bully. You know, oldest children, I'm the oldest child. We always get a bad rap. We always get told we're bossy, right? But 
more of us, I think we earn more and we get more of us get hired to do things. So that would be an interesting article. If you were into health, you could write an article, are carrots killing us? You know, I mean, as long as you say something kind of controversial, people will write about you, right? You could be in with trends. Remember the whole supersize documentary? Um, there was a trend that everything was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So he hooked into that. You could hook into the seasons. You could look, you can, how about the celebrity once removed? If you're a chef and you could say that you once, I actually had a client who once, I think she was a chef once for Will Smith, right? So, you know, the celebrity once removed hook is always a nice thing. You can, you can always, news jack, like watch the you news. You can news jack, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah, a perfect I call example. That, exactly. I call it piggyback publicity, right? You watch the news, you find out what's going on, you find out that your president, you know, has done, I, you know, I don't want to unevergreen this by talking about who the current president is, but I'm sure this will air soon. And, you know, there were a lot of uh, psychiatrists who got a lot of bang out of, you know, analyzing narcissists, you know, saying, is he or isn't he? Or there are speech people who analyze speech who would say, you know, are, are you more likely to get elected if you speak with the vocabulary of a 14-year-old? Or, I mean, there's all sorts of things that you see in the news. If some big disaster happens and you're uh, some kind of a counselor, you could uh, piggyback onto that. So, and you can piggyback onto holidays. Like if it's Valentine's Day, I think that there was somebody who talked about love in a cup, you know, and sold their chai latte that way. So there no, are those so are all, many. Those are all great ideas. And I totally agree. So just to summarize, the first one was, are you being seen? That's chapter three, right? Right. The second one is, is this thing are being, on? Are you being heard? Yeah. Or are you being heard? Is this thing on? Right. And then chapter right. five is extra, extra read all about how to get PR and get noticed by the media. Right. And you awesome. have, that's right. The power of publicity. Right. And you know what? Some people will come to me and say, Sufi, you know, I hesitated coming to you as a coach for two or three years. Like I was thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I didn't come to you because, you know, the truth is I don't really want to be in the newspaper. I don't really want because, you know, when you step into the spotlight, you're in the spotlight, right? I mean, like it may not be like Madonna that, you know, there are helicopters checking your garbage, you know, or, or uh, whoever the, the Meghan Markle who married Prince Harry, you know, the, she's going to be in the phone. But if you get in the spotlight and you do something that people don't like, that might not be very fun for you, right? Because right, exactly. you're public. So if you don't want to do that, you don't have to pick that one. Like you don't have to do all three. Ultimately, it works best if you do do all three or you can get famous in a very small niche. A niche. Like uh, Dan Kennedy, for example, is very famous to marketers. He's virtually unknown in the real world, right? So he, he's not going to get mobbed. But if he's at a marketing conference, you know, he's a guru. You can get a little bit famous. And there's even a book by that name. So if you don't want to do publicity, you don't have to. You can work more on your branding. You can work more on your what you say. But ultimately, perfecting what you say is not going to help you unless somebody hears you say it. I agree. Right? And if you're selling steaks, you don't want to be showing up at the Vegetarian Society of America because even if you perfect your message, it's the wrong audience. You're going to hear crickets. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. So let's do a quick, quick rapid fire for the next two questions. The first one is... What's your great favorite growth tool or software that you use to grow your business if you use some sort of technology or tool? You know, I'm not really much of a, a software geek. I mean, I, you know, use RoboForm to keep my 
passwords there. But I would say my autoresponder, my one, one shopping cart is, I know it's old fashioned, but when I started, that's what people told me to use. And that's my favorite software because, you know, I've had people on my list for 12 years and they just keep re-upping after they run out. So that's definitely one. And I guess LinkedIn. I mean, I'm still on the free version and, you know, I have this amazing, vibrant group and I, I get clients from it. So I would say that. Perfect. And besides your book, Step Into the Spotlight, what would be one other book that you would recommend to my audience? Oh, there's so, so many amazing books. Anything by Robert Cialdini, C-I-A-L-D. He writes about influence. Anything by Al Reese and Jack Trout and or Jack Trout. They wrote some together, some not. So for example, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, 22 Immutable Laws of Branding. Anything by Dan Kennedy. He writes about marketing to the affluent and about pricing. Oh, and one amazing book by Harry Beckwith. Oh, what is it called? It's about service. It's probably on my shelf unless my daughter stole it. But oh, I forget the name. Look up Harry Beckwith. It's about selling services. Yeah. I'm just looking at my bookshelf. There's so many amazing. Is it Selling amazing, the Invisible? Amazing. Yes, that's it. Thank you. Selling, selling the, invisible. the Invisible. It's an amazing. And by the way, Harry Beckwith is in our group. Al Reese is in our group, in the Step in the Spotlight group. We've got some pretty amazing marketing authors. Uh, David Meerman Scott is in our group. Michael Gerber is in our group wrote uh, the e-myth. So um, yeah, come hang out with us. Perfect. Well, we've packed a lot into this very short time. So do me a huge favor. Let everybody know how they can connect with you and get your book and then we'll close it out for today. Sure. Well, the book you can get by going to spotlightbook.com, spotlightbook.com. That will take you to Amazon. The group you can join by going to spotlightgroup.biz. And if you want to connect with me personally, go to spotlightsecrets.com and register for the 11 free secrets on how to stand out. And then you can reply to any one of those. It will come to me personally. And if I like you, I may even respond. (laughs) Perfect. Well, listen, I want to thank you for being on the show. I'm sure we'll be talking again real soon and uh, have an awesome day. Absolutely. My pleasure. You too. Thanks, Sufi. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.